Marketers ruin everything. Welcome to the Everything is Marketing Podcast. What I don't want to do is to pretend this is show number one. What would the hero of your life's movie do right now? Do that. Do those things. It is the Everything is Marketing Podcast. My name is Eric Hulkerin, and if you uh, were under a rock in the last 72 hours, you might not have realized that Beyonce dropped a new record, uh, much like she did three years ago. And this time, though, we have the extra layer of title to talk about. So in order to tackle that today, I figured I'd bring in my dear friend, president and owner of Branded by Sound, Jason Prinzo, who has worked um, too many years to count in the record industry. So Jason, welcome to the podcast. Eric, thanks so much, man. I'm happy to be here. So let's, uh, let's break this down. I, I texted you yesterday, and I said the following, and I, I want to be totally transparent with people as we are doing this today. I said, is Beyonce a genius, or is she the middle school kid raising her hand because her tricks that worked in middle school no longer work in high school? And by that, I mean, like, all of this gated stuff to protect the artist that ends up being frustrating for the consumer. Can this work at scale, or does it just work for Beyonce and maybe Kanye West? Well, I think, you know, when you're talking about Kanye and Beyonce, there's two different things to, to, to think about here. And I think it can only work for your superstar artist. And why I think this works more for Beyonce than it does anybody, anybody else, and, and maybe Jay-Z can do the same thing. Um, and it, and it, it, it casts a wide net because you have to think about um, what we know about artists like Beyonce. You know, they're not on social media. You don't see them. You don't hear stories about them in the press, uh, about, you know, being in a club and fights. Right? You don't hear any of these things because they've shielded themselves from the public for the most part. So our perception of Beyonce and Jay-Z are, the, are only what they want us to know, right? Like, sure. we don't know what Beyonce is really like. Like, we think, you know, she's a bad chick and she's a boss and all this stuff because she's controlled all of her press as far as what gets out there. So because she's a person of few words or you don't get much out of her, she has the ability to drop a picture of her with a lemon saying <laughs> lemonade HBO Saturday night. And everybody goes nuts because we only get little tidbits like that from her from time to time. And the only thing that we ever get at length are these videos or albums. So people are, are dying to get information or things from Beyonce where with a Kanye West, you know, he's a stream of consciousness. We hear stuff about him all the time and he's, you know, says this, you know, that's part of his brand to be crazy and that's fine. I just think the opposite when you talk about a Beyonce and a Jay-Z that they have the ability to do so little and make it so big. Well, and, and the only reason I'm making the comparison, Jason Prinzo is joining us from Branded by Sound, talking about what happened over the weekend with Beyonce and the Lemonade album. And the reason I bring up Kanye West is because it's very clear to me, 72 hours later, that they learned a ton about how to not do something with title and then how to do something with title. Because the Kanye West drop on title, I don't know that it could have gone worse unless you planned on it going worse. Because that was, uh, a, you know, a stumbling block from the word go and to sure. me to me the worst part of it was for fans of Kanye West who actually wanted to give them money they stopped them from doing that in order to force them to join title correct and and I think that, that there was definitely a lesson learned there and, and it and it fits 
into what the typical mode of, of uh, you know, a marketing strategy is for Beyonce and that the less that's said, the better. Like, let everybody else, they're, they're, they're letting everybody else be their voice where Kanye is his own voice, right? So where Kanye is screaming and yelling, like, you know, it's only going to be on Tidal. My stuff's never going to be on iTunes. And then four weeks later, it's on iTunes. <laughs> it's, a, it's a real problem for Tidal, right? Because now there's a class action lawsuit and everything else. And it, it just goes to show you that, you know, for people that are carnival barkers, like the more you say, the less credibility you have or the, or the, the more apt you are to, to make a mistake along the way where, um, Beyonce and people that, you know, once you've reached her status, right? Like this can't happen for, you know, James Bay can't come out and do this uh, because nobody's claiming, you know, he just hasn't reached that status. Sure. But for Beyonce, less is more for her, for lack of a better phrase. And, you know, she's not going to say anything that's going to get her in any trouble because she just doesn't say anything. Everybody else kind of speaks for her and wonders what this is all about. And, you know, the, the, the amazing thing is, is, you know, hey, we all watched Lemonade thinking that that was autobiographical, and maybe it was, but at the same time, she's still an artist and could have just been making a, uh, an album and a movie about anything, but we're all sitting here talking about it as if it's real life, and she hasn't said a word. She hasn't said it is, it isn't, but that's the beauty behind what she's done, and she's She's done so little and just put this out into the world and everybody else is pushing it and marketing it for. And what I think is really interesting from a marketing perspective, Jason, is all of those things, right? Is the fact that my marketing brain did the same thing. Well, this could just be a work, a brilliant work of art because I, I think the songs are probably the best thing she's ever done. Um, yes. I, I, I don't know what you, but I think it's probably the best album she's ever done. And so she's doing this art piece, whatever this is, but the fact that, in this day and age, in 2016, where to rewind the clock to Life of Pablo, you know, this is never going to be anywhere but title. And then literally an hour and a half later, you can stream it on any site, including Pornhub. Um, you know, it, it's fascinating to me when you juxtapose that to this, where you didn't hear or see or touch any of it until it came out on HBO and or title. And that to me is a Herculean effort when you look at how many people were involved in this project, not only from recording the record, but making an actual movie for HBO? Uh, a thousand percent. Like, whatever the contracts they had these people under that they uh, were not allowed to talk about this, uh, you know, the government should get those things. Like, <laughs> things just don't ever come out like this and not leak. There's no, I mean, she, you know, Beyonce dropped the teaser, I think, you know, Tuesday or Monday, however long ago she dropped it. It wasn't that long ago. And to have nobody knew what this thing meant, right? Nobody knew what, what to expect when they turned on HBO at 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock or whatever it was on Saturday. Uh, but everybody was waiting for it. Um, and, you know, the fact that there was no, there were no leaks from video production or music production, any of those things is, is uh, nothing short of a miracle. 
Yeah, but but feels very intentional from that team. You know, not that they just totally. lucked into it. You know, I mean, just like they didn't luck into it by launching it the Saturday before Game of Thrones comes back, right? They they knew all these people would be joining HBO this weekend. So what a perfect right. time to get them to be a part of this thing that was also gated, right? It's no longer on HBO now, Go or otherwise. You've got to now. Right. You've got to purchase it on iTunes or stream it on Tidal. Um, so I, I also think, Eric, that um, you're, you're seeing what is going to be the evolution of how not necessarily how this all rolled out is, is the evolution of how music is going to, to move. But I think from a marketing standpoint, um, we're, we're going to be we're going to move out of here is just the music like, you know, we have so many things that, that, that are that stimulate us, whether it's. Uh, social media or, or you know, uh, watching stuff on, online, whatever it is. There's so many things that simulate that, that now we can't just have it one way. We're going to have to have it a couple of ways to really get our attention. And I think you'll see more of these long-form uh, videos and and storylines that go along with, with, with albums. And, and to be honest with you, Beyonce is taking this to – okay, you're not going to buy my single. You're going to buy my album because this is a story. And, you know, back in the day in, in recorded music, you know, sequencing an album was a big deal. And for yep. those that don't know, sequencing just means how you're going to lay the songs out in the album so that they all flow together. And I think you'll see more artists start to do this kind of thing where um, they're telling a story, it all blends together. There could be long-form videos or several short videos that – that tell you know of one long story together, um, because then you're then you're talking about buying an album and you're not just buying whatever the hot single is. Sure, but okay, so I can I can factor that out and go okay, Kendrick Lamar could do that. That that's no problem, right? Um, mm-hmm. But how does a guy like Flo and we'll keep it in top forty just to kind of keep the scale small enough to discuss? Sure. How does somebody like top like Flo Rida tackle that? I, look, I. If they want to get creative enough, I'm sure they can certainly do it. But I, I don't think that it's going to be the full scale of what everybody does at music. But I think that I think you, what I'm saying is I think you'll see more of this um, in, in regards to people finding new ways to be creative, to draw attention to a full album or just the music in general. Um, it, it's no secret that the music industry has you know gone way downhill in the last 15 years and and has tried to find new ways to generate revenue. And I think this from an artist and you know a, a label standpoint is as good uh as good an attempt to change things as there have been outside of uh just doing things online or changing up you know how we sell music and everything else how do I you think in the end it does come down to marketing sure thus that's why you're here today how do you how do you think yes. uh how do you think that's this will end up selling when it's all said and done Oh, I, th- I think the first week numbers are going to be absolutely huge. Um, you know, it, it will, as all urban records do, they sell big the first week because, uh, you know, urban music fans are very passionate and they go out and get it right away. It's important to always have it first. So you'll see a big wave of sales first week. And then it, it will definitely stick around for a while, depending on what the marketing plan is from here on out. I mean, she's obviously got a tour coming up that will keep the album afloat for a while as well. Um, but I'm interested to see how they follow this up because they, 
normally with an album, uh, just so folks know, there's a single that's released, and then they try to wait till that single has peaked on the chart, and then they drop the album with anticipation following that, uh, following that single that people are going to want to go and buy the album. Here you have everything thrown at you at one time, and, and you know it, it was basically an infomercial for buying this record, right? Well, it was, I mean, it was, Jason, it was essentially Netflix of music, yeah. right? You're binging the whole album. And, and to your point, it really breaks the model because not only do they not have a single right now, they have a whole album that comes with a movie if you get it on iTunes right now. Uh, and then I believe Google Play is tomorrow or Wednesday, and then it kind of goes out from there. But they also did it without the main fan of music right now, that being radio. Yes. What yeah. is, so and, what, and look, what does that look she's like? The, going, she's one of the only people that can do that because other people need radio or need some sort of discovery part um, if, you're, if you're an unknown artist or don't have the sort of following that somebody like, you know, obviously a Beyonce does. I don't know that, uh, that Jason Derulo can do this at this point. Um, so I think you're talking about the top tier of people that can pull this off right now. Um, but I do think it would be interesting if, you know, a new artist comes out, and let's just use Kendrick as the as the model. When Kendrick drops his first album, or not the first one, but the say the the one that we all grew to love, that where we first kind of initially discovered uh, Kendrick. And as you heard these songs and you liked them, you found out that it was sequenced to tell an entire story, which it kind of was, but that there was also the videos all ran together and everything. How quickly will we all go? to the internet and the YouTube and all these places and watch these videos sequence together to find out what the whole story was, you know, aside from just listening to the one song that you like. It, it, no, and, and I think that's a great point. But what's really interesting, since you and I spent a number of years in this business, you still, uh, I went to rehab and got out, um, <laughs> you know, it, is that right now, right this very second, I bet that there, and I'll ask you this question in a second, I bet there are executives at number of labels running around trying to figure out how to emulate this because they know that the model, obviously the way that it's going, won't continue to work. And that, you know, they probably saw what happened with Kanye West and chuckled a little going, ha ha, told you so it won't work. And then a month and a half later, this happens, which goes, oh, we learned some stuff. And now we're showing you record industry that it can if you're at a certain level and you actually know what you're doing. Correct. And, and look, and as you know, from your years involved, that uh, the, the record game is, especially on the top 40 side, is all about copycat. You know, when somebody comes out with a big record and a certain sound, you know, every label has about five artists that they're trying to then turn into that sound. Um, so, yeah, I think there are people that are going to be running around going, how do we emulate this? What can we do? Um, and I, I think there's, there's a, you can do it as far as the title part goes, right? If we're, if we're focusing on title and how this affects them, I think when even you can even come out and say, hey, here's the album. It's going to be on title. Uh, for two weeks, and then it'll be on iTunes. I, they would still get so many people going to title to to get the, to, to sign up to get that album right away, because you know everybody wants it right now. There's, you know, there's this great thing about music that you have to have it right now, immediate, and you're cooler if you have it first. And you know, for the most part, I think that 
especially given the scope of how big her fans are, like the range of her fans, you're still going to see a big bump in, or you would see a big bump in new signups because people want to have it first, right? They don't want to wait four weeks. Nobody's going to go, hey, do you have the new Beyonce? Nah, I'm going to wait four weeks and get it on iTunes. Now, I would probably, right? Right. And you probably would, but to her legion of fans or, you know, urban music fans in general who were, like I said, outside of more so than any other format, um, being ahead of the curve and being first is very important. So I think they would still see a huge bump in sign-ons, even if they were very honest up front saying, hey, here, it's going to be right here. You can have it first, and then in four weeks, everybody else gets it. But The exclusivity of being able to have it is is always a big deal. But they're currently not seeing that, right? They're, I mean, they're not even a blip on the radar in the streaming industry. No. We, look, it was – they're third in, right, behind – you know, third or fourth in behind Spotify and obviously Apple Music. So I was always, like, very curious as to how they were going to make theirs different. And the original title, I, I want to believe, was – that the music quality was so much better than what you were streaming from Spotify and from uh, from iTunes. But now, you know, their one angle that they could actually get attention would be for all these artists to live there first and have exclusives on that on that uh, on the site. I mean, that's really their only play. If, if if they don't use that hand, there's not much they have left. Sure, but how do you, you know, like, how do you build a brand like that, you know, to, to use Beyonce, to use Rihanna, to use Kanye West on the title side, and then to use Taylor Swift on the Apple side? I, I, how do you build a brand on four people? Because they really, I mean, when, you know, that's essentially where the, the list would end is specific to top 40. Sure. I, you know, look, I know that there are other artists that are involved that have minor ownership of it. I, I want to say the Coldplay is involved. Some of these other artists, I think if you if you roll that out in the first year or two and you get all these people signing on um, for that, then, then obviously you're building your base. And then, you know, you have to imagine, and my guess, and if it were me, there would be all kinds of exclusives that come along with uh, with being on title that, you know, whether they be remixes or, uh, just straight singles that just go to, you know, kind of like what the old, um, fan club stuff would be where if you were in the fan club, sure. you've got a link to this record and things like that. So I think if they're, they're going to continue to, to roll this out and you want to keep people there, you have to keep giving them things that they can't get anywhere else. And, and that's a lot of work, but, it's what they're going to have to do in order to continue to, to keep people around, to keep paying the monthly fees, and to get new people on board. Because every time you do one of these exclusives, more people are going to sign up, right? And then it's all about you know being able to retain them. Um, and you're only going to retain people if they feel like they're getting something they can't get anywhere else. Yeah, but I mean, if, if you're talking straight marketing as we are right now, there there hasn't been... Uh, word one from the title brand about what that next thing's going to be, right? So, you know, I'm not totally. going to I'm not going to give you twenty five dollars a month because Beyonce came out because it's already out and I can buy it for seventeen on iTunes and not have to come back because you haven't told me Correct. what the next thing is. Right, and I think that's why they're you know what why they're in the position they're in. Why you hear rumors about the Jay Z maybe selling um, and why it's not as solvent as they would like to be. You know, it's it's. 
they have the ability and the power to do all these things, I would imagine. Um, but, you know, playing Monday morning quarterback, it seems that they're messing it all up. Well, and but I think there's some histronics here to, to play Monday morning quarterback, because to me, when you look at the Kanye West experiment by itself and then you look at the Beyonce experiment by them by itself, there are some terrible things in the Kanye experiment and some really great things in the Beyonce experiment. But at the end of it, they are all based upon gating off content away from consumers. Right. Which Correct. which the industry tried to do for a long, long time. And, and you and I have been along to know this. Right. But when we finally got to the point that the industry wanted to swap from CDs to MP3s, that was when the consumer said, look, I am not going to buy my eighth copy of Van Halen. 5150. Right. I'm going to just mm-hmm. I'm just going to steal it from Napster. So I, right. you know, I, I don't know that building a, a brand in 2016 that's worked upon the idea of gating stuff away from people who can't or won't join is a solvent business strategy at all, regardless of what well, the regardless of content. Well, let, let, I mean, let's be honest. The the Kanye thing, as much as it's kind of fallen apart um, in the last few weeks, did get them what was it three million subscribers that first week. So it wasn't it wasn't like it was a complete bust. Uh, it did what they what they needed it to do. I don't know what the numbers were that they were targeting to get off of that originally, but three million new subscribers in a week had to be a very very nice number for them. Sure, um, sure. But I guess what I what I would like to see is how many of those were free trials and how many of those converted. Right. Um, you know and. For the free trial, like, I would have to imagine that you know, you're signing up. You have to put your, you know, you have to disengage from it on that date, or it automatically kicks in. And we know how consumers work. They're, most of them are not going to go back and go, "Oh yeah, well, I'm, you know, it was 29 days ago that I signed up for Title. Let me go ahead and cancel this so my credit card doesn't get run." They probably retain uh, quite a bit of percentage of those people. Um, so, I, you know, I don't know where they go from here. Um, I think it's, you know, I think it's a, it's a tough road, um, but I'm kind of forgetting this. I was focused on that part of the, the Kanye kind of being successful. I forget the second part of your question. Well, I, I was just I was just saying that, like, the whole idea of gating off content, I don't think is a winning strategy in 2016. I just don't. And you know what? I'm on the fence on that, Eric. Like, I, I don't I don't disagree with you. But at the same time, when Spotify rolled out, remember that it was. You know, you had to be invited. It was very exclusive, and people were like, you know, hey, were you um, uh, were you invited on a, on the Spotify yet? Were you able to sign up? I was. What? Crap, man, I'm not. How do I get on? So I think having some things exclusive um, can work. I don't know that it works in this particular aspect. Well, I yeah, I mean, I, I I'm. <laughs> I was having this discussion today, and then I'll let you go because I know it's uh, it's uh, music day, so there's lots of stuff to be done. So I will let you go after sure. this. But like, I was having this discussion with my wife today, and I was saying we've gotten to the point where digital content is so fragmented. If it's video, if it's television, if it's music, if it's video, it's so fragmented that I can't help but think, you know, as I've been postulating this idea that within the the next. I said it about eight months ago, but like within the next 24 months, you'll be able to stream anything that you want to stream. You will not need a cord. You'll be able to stream whatever you want to stream whenever you want to stream it. That said, I think shortly after that, there's going to become a call by the consumer to go back 
a couple steps. So everything isn't so fragmented. So I don't have to have title for Rihanna, Beyonce, Jay-Z, and Kanye West. And I don't have to have Spotify for uh, Pearl Jam, Metallica, and Primus. And then I don't have to have Apple Music for Taylor Swift, you know, Megan Trainer and uh, whoever, right? Like the right. consumer is not going to do that. So at some point, all of this stuff has to either come down a couple of pipes or in an ideal scenario, one pipe that's curated for the media that you want to consume. And that's what I mean by gating it away from them. I just don't think that's a winning strategy. I agree with you 100 percent because there's just not there's not enough to go around. Um and, and there's no way, you know, look, we're married to it a little bit more than most as far as understanding uh, what artists are kind of tied to which platform. But to the to the general consumer, you know, they may sign up for something and go look for the Beatles and go, well, where are the Beatles? How are the Beatles? You know, because they don't know. Um, and, and I think you're 100% correct that people are going to uh, grow tired of if they want to watch HGTV that they've got to go over to this platform, but if they want to watch HBO, they got to get out of that and go to something else. I, I think that um, becomes cumbersome after a while, and I, I agree with you 100% that they're going to want it all on we're going to want it all in one thing. Absolutely. Jason Prinzo, CEO of Branded by Sound. If you want to get a hold of you, Jason, how can they do that? I know Twitter's your preferred method, but how do they grab a hold of you? Give me a Twitter at at Jason Prinzo or brandedbysound.com. All right, my friend. From Branded by Sound, CEO and president of that organization. Jason, have a wonderful, wonderful day. We'll talk to you soon. Eric, thanks so much.